Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Haskin Cast Podcast. I am your host, Scott Haskin, and I have stuff to talk to you about. Uh, I just got back from Sedona, Arizona, where I went on the Sedona UFO tour that our podcast friend Michael McPherson does, and it was absolutely amazing. Uh, we did a recording. I, I got a remote uh, Tascam recorder and went down and did a recording, and we were out at the location, and uh, this is how simple it was. I literally just set the recorder on the trunk of his car, and we were talking, and we were looking up in the sky through these spectacular night vision goggles, and uh, then we moved towards the side of the car so that I could sort of have something to uh, steady myself, because I was so excited and uh, shaking a little bit. Uh, just because there was so much going on. And I tend to shake a little bit as it is. I'm not a very steady person, so I could have never been a surgeon or anything like that. So we uh, were doing the uh, the view. And when we moved to the side of the car, I, I gently moved the recorder to the roof of the car so that it's closer to uh, our mouths. And we're talking, we're looking up in the sky. And I get home today and I'm really excited to review the footage and, and, and prep the podcast, which is going to be airing on Halloween night. Uh, or maybe before, I haven't decided yet, but somewhere around Halloween night. And there's not much there. There's this really weird uh, clicking and tapping and scraping as if something was sitting there uh, at the microphones because there's there's a dual mic on it. And it's like they were just like scraping something like a rock or some metal alongside of it and uh, tapping on it and then pushing their, their hand up to it or something so that everything was really muffled. I've been an audio engineer going on 30 years and I have no explanation. Honestly, this is not a Halloween thing. This is not a promo thing. Seriously, I have absolutely no idea why the audio came out the way it did. I don't have a lot of experience with these uh, handheld recorders. I've used them a little bit, but certainly never had anything like the experience uh, that I had in audio uh, the night before or last night. Wow, that was actually last night. Um so I have uh, reached back out to Michael and uh, to see if he will uh, record a podcast with me uh, talking about what happened on the tour that I went on. And it was, it was very nice. It was an exclusive private tour. Uh, I was very honored to, uh, to go out and experience what I did. I don't want to talk about it right now. Suffice to say that uh, I hope that Michael and I can find some time to get together and uh, talk about what happened and what we saw and what can be explained and, and all of that thing. But I'll, I'll say, if you get the chance to do this, if you're in Sedona, um, the links will be in the, the show notes. They're also in the episode that he was on. Um, the, the link to the uh, Sedona UFO tour is in there. There's a couple, there's, there's other groups. So make sure that you are getting on Michael's tour. It's absolutely amazing. The guy is so knowledgeable and, uh, and it's it really honest, you know, if, if he's like, you know, that's, that's a satellite, then it's a satellite. And, uh, I will say personally, I had no idea satellites could move that fast. I actually didn't think they moved at all. I thought they just stayed stationary, maybe pivoted a little bit, uh, as, as they, they moved in the, the sky, but no, they actually, these things can fly. It's, it's amazing to watch. It's, it's really, uh, surreal, I think is the word that I would use. Um, 
So that's the plan for Halloween or just about Halloween. I've also got another episode coming out. So what I'm trying to decide right now is, do I want to do the uh, UFO tour slightly before Halloween and then the other Halloween-y episode on Halloween? Or uh, do I want to do a double header? I haven't really decided yet. But but within a couple of days of Halloween, both of those episodes will be coming out. And uh, I'm very excited to bring you both of them. And of course, it was great to... Um, to get a chance to sit down with Michael and his wife, Carla, who has also been on the show, um, and, and really just have some really amazing discussions, as I always do with them. They're very, very dear friends of mine, wonderful people. Carla makes some beautiful art, especially if you enjoy uh, Sedona scenery and uh, also cats, not necessarily connected. Uh, she does a lot of stuff, but uh, beautiful, beautiful pictures that she makes, Um just just really talented, amazing people and really honest, down to earth. I'm not trying to get anything out of you. I just want to have a conversation type people. And I really enjoy that. Um, you can you can really let your guard down and just have a nice, honest conversation, which I absolutely adore personally. So um, so that's what just happened. And then, of course, I'm very excited about the album Haunted Holidays, Deadly Christmas 3 the third and final installment of the trilogy where I take classic Christmas songs from your childhood and ruin them in uh, twist them into horrible tales that you would have never guessed could be twisted. And uh, I've had a lot of fun with this series. I, I have to say it was uh, just kind of an idea and I thought I'd give it a try with a couple songs. And then I came up with the whole album and then I kind of just sat back and said, well, what, what songs would I really want to do? And I came up with enough material for three albums and uh, I, I've kind of, I think I've kind of gone where I wanted to go with it. You know, um, I, I have considered doing another album, uh, but that's that's non-Christmas, but that's uh, still in the Haunted Holiday series. I don't really have any ideas for it. If I ever do, I'll pursue it. Uh, at this point, I don't. So this this could be the end, but it's certainly the end of the Christmas uh, trilogy. So. That will be coming out on Friday in all the usual places, iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, Spotify. Um, I'm sure many, many more that I actually can't think of right now. I'm sure there will be a couple of YouTube videos. I have already released a video single of the song, What Child Is This? And my interpretation on the real story of the birth of Christ. And uh, it's uh, it's good fun. And I, I have the video on my YouTube channel. And uh, I set it to uh, some fire that I took, I want to say it was either last year or the year before. I found a really nice little fireplace and I just set my camera down and recorded for a while. And I just put like a nice little sort of a creepy filter on it to, to really enhance that uh, Christmas creepy holiday haunted thing. And uh, so that is available. The link to that will be in the show notes if I remember to put it there. If I don't remember to put it there, it's on my YouTube channel. Uh, what else? So that's, uh, that's pretty much it. I want to, uh, I, I realized as I was thinking about what I wanted to do for my October podcast, I realized that I had a couple of horror albums that I hadn't done podcasts on before. And this one that I'm doing today, Kindred Spirits actually ties into the Sedona UFO tour and, and Michael, because he's the singer, uh, that, uh, that sang on this album as the, uh, the lead character, sort of the, the main narrator, if you will. Uh, and, uh, I, I really love the work that he did on this. I love the style that he chose for it. I tried doing it and not being much of a singer. Um, I wasn't really getting anywhere. I had a few sessions and it just wasn't going where I wanted to be. I didn't really have a, 
the strong enough voice that I wanted to for it. Um, my voice tends to be a little bit thin and weak sounding. So I, especially when it comes to singing. So uh, I didn't really think I was the right voice for it. And I had reached out to Michael and he, uh, he was happy to, to take it on. And I think he did a fantastic job as, as you'll hear. Um, I'm not going to play all the tracks on the album. Traditionally, when I do one of these types of podcasts, I play a little bit of every song, but this one's kind of a, what really happened type mystery. So for me to play all the songs could t- uh, potentially be a, a bit of a spoiler alert and I don't want to do that. So I'm, I'm going to play from selections of the album. Um, the, uh, the premise is that a man finds a house that he wants to buy and he doesn't know uh, until time goes on that it actually has quite a connection to his, his past. And I don't, and, and when I say his past, I'm not talking about this particular incarnation of life. Uh, I'm talking over, the years over the, the, you know, the centuries and, and all that. So it's, um, it's a little bit different of a story. It's more of a ghost story, which I don't normally tell ghost stories because I don't think I'm very good at them, but I, I was very happy when I wrote this. I, I think that, uh, it's a solid story and uh, I think it, I think it holds up, but I might be slightly biased. I don't know why I would be. So, um, I want to. Uh, I, I have to acknowledge a few people, though, as I as I start this album, and I, I normally don't do this, and I really should, but normally I don't have this many people involved in a project. It's usually myself, uh, Kelly, doing the artwork, and then whoever in the past I've hired to do the lettering. Very happy to be continuing to work with Rebecca Poole of Dreams to Media. She does an absolutely beautiful job on on the lettering. Uh, but this was uh, this was before the time that I started working with her. So I actually don't remember. I think Kelly did the lettering on this one, if I'm not mistaken. I think at the time she was doing the lettering for me. Um, and then uh, then she she now just does the the artwork, which she puts so much into it. And they're always so stunning. And this is one of the first ones that we had worked together on. In fact, this might have been the first one that we did because I think this came out before the first Mental Sauna album. So I think this was. And uh, I don't remember where she was, but she took a, a picture of a house. And uh, if you actually saw the picture of the real house, it just looks like a house, you know, kind of out in the middle of nowhere um, or or in an area that looked kind of um, uh, not it doesn't really look like it's in a neighborhood from, from the original picture that I saw, but she just turned it into this amazing horror cover, uh, all based off of this one photograph. And it, it just, that was, it was so impressive to see how somebody can take something so simple from that point A and then turn it into what she did. Uh, and I absolutely love the cover of it. Um, so uh, as always with every project that I do, uh, up through this latest, uh, haunted holidays album, every single one that I've worked on with her, I've absolutely loved. And sometimes she comes up with the concept. Sometimes I've come up with a, a basic idea and done a horrible sketch, uh, because I really can't draw and I give it to her and she questions everything that I put on the paper <laughs> and she turns it into something absolutely stunning. It's, it's really an amazing process. And, and honestly, it's one of my favorite parts of putting out an album is to see what she's going to come up with and, uh, and, and how stunning it's going to look. And every single time, you know, she's so humble that she appreciates that I trust her with, uh, with my creation to uh, give me a visual representation, you know, sort of the, uh, the eye candy to sucker people in to, to listen to it. And um, she, she's hit it out of the park every single time. And we've done quite a few together now. So uh, I, I, 
it's nice to have part of a team that you can just completely trust. And same with Rebecca Poole. You know, every uh, every album that she's done the uh, the lettering on uh, ha- has just been amazing. And I've had to ask for very few revisions. Um, it's usually just, can we change the color? Can we make this bigger? Uh, can we can we move it over a little bit? You know, just little things like that. But I've never come back to her and said, I think you completely missed the point of of you know the story with that font that you used or anything. I mean, she she does her research and she really gets it, and uh, she takes the time to care about what she does. And um, it's it's really amazing to work with people that just uh, have that uh, that desire and dedication to put out something of of quality, especially when another artist is trusting them to do it. So uh, kudos to both of you ladies. I absolutely love and and am very honored to be working with both of you. Now, this album has a bit of a cast to it. Um, I reached out to a, a few different people and, you know, sometimes people respond, sometimes people don't respond, or sometimes they respond and they promise to do something and they don't. So I did go through a, a few different people in the process of putting this together. But uh, in the end, I, I'm very, very happy with the people that I got. I don't think, um, you know, when it comes to audiobooks, it's very easy for me to direct those because I'm directing somebody else's material. The the dialogue is very clearly written out. The narration is very clearly written out. And And when I set out to write this... Uh, I really wasn't thinking in terms of that. I was thinking in terms of the story and not um, the readability of it or anything like that. So uh, when I was directing people, I was really directing people more on uh, what my vision of the album should be instead of really how to deliver dialogue. But I think we got some great stuff on this album. Um, I did one of the voices and uh, Tim Richards did a voice and uh, Sarah Clancy, who I've worked with and had on the podcast before, uh, did the voice of the therapist Uh, My friend Amy, who is an amazing real estate agent in Arizona, where I was living at the time that I recorded this, uh, she she played the real estate agent. So it was it was kind of acting and it it kind of wasn't. But uh, uh, and then uh, Katrina Matusik, uh, who is unfortunately no longer with us, uh, did the voice of the the lead actor, uh, uh, actress. And um, yeah, it's uh, you know, at first after uh, she left us, it was a little hard to go back and listen to the album. But, you know, really when I think back on it, um, we had such a great time with the sessions. She came over, she had just finished a film, a uh, very physical film, and she was all bruised up from from it. And so, of course, we go out to lunch and, and I'm worried that people are going to think I beat her, which I did not. Uh, and then we came back and we did the sessions and uh, she she knocked it out of the park in a very short time, just really nailed the emotions. And, and uh, I, I was really very happy with uh, the work that she did on it. I wish that we had had a chance to work together again. There were a lot of projects that we talked about doing, uh, but we only worked together, I think, one other time that I can recall. And that was a... Um, it was a, a contest, I think it was, like a, a commercial... And she played one of the characters in the commercial and I did the music for that. And I was there on set to kind of help out with, with people. That's actually where we met. Uh, and, and I really liked the way that she did her character. And so I thought of her for this album and uh, she was, she was really excited to take it on and send her the script. And then we did the sessions and I had just built um, a contraption that I called the VB 2000 for vocal booth 2000, which was basically a, uh, uh, PVC pipe, cardboard, and soundproofing that I made this little uh, vocal room. 
and there was a desk with a chair in it and you could sit down comfortably and I had a fan that you could turn on between takes and um, no video monitor or anything because pretty much everything that we were recording at that point was uh, just audio and we weren't syncing to video. The one that we needed to do, uh, the dialogue didn't fit the video anyway and that was that uh, Chinese animation that, that, uh, that we did, I think the Lucky Dragon it was called. And so uh, everybody came over and they went into the VB2000 and they recorded their vocals. And um, it was a great experience. Um, it was the first uh, sort of cast that I, I worked with on a project of my own. And uh, it, was, it was an interesting experiment for sure. But I'm very proud of this album. I'm very happy with the way that it came out. Um, I don't know if the, the mystery is as great as I think it is or as I thought it was at the time. I, I still do, actually. I... Um, it's really hard to judge your own work, especially when it comes to that. When you know the story, you you don't really know if the clues make sense, if they're good enough clues, if they're too good, um, if people will even think it's a mystery, because maybe they won't. And um, so there it is. And uh, I, w- I was very happy to work on this and uh, very honored to have worked with the people that I did on it. And uh, thank all of you guys, because it was a, a fantastic experience for me. And I'm really glad to be able to share this with the world. So uh, the uh, the first song, the opener, is uh, is basically just sort of the introduction to the album. And it's uh, not not really Twilight zone but kind of, I think, um, with, uh, you know, with obviously a, a more musical uh, intro than just uh, Rod Serling doing the voiceover of the main theme of the Twilight Zone. Um, a little bit more musical than that. And there is an alternate ending of sorts. But when I say alternate ending, uh, not as far as the story goes. The actual dialogue to the alternate ending was exactly the same. Uh, but the music was a lot different. And uh, I, it is not a part of the album. But, uh, but that does exist somewhere out there. And so uh, here's a little bit of the first song. And uh, this is kind of the warm-up to the album. On a beautiful autumn day, a man is shown a home to buy. It all started out so simple, as it often does, but quickly turned into a nightmare that he could have never dreamed in the darkest places of his imagination. So that's the uh, the crux of the opening. Um, it, it does continue on a little bit uh, beyond that, but uh, it's it's just setting the tone. You know, this is the world that we're living in. It's a little bit creepy here, and uh, this guy is just trying to buy a house and uh, has no idea what's about to happen to him. So as we go from there, of course, he's trying to buy a house, so he needs a real estate agent, and that's when we meet Amy the lovely real estate agent who lent her voice to this. We actually sat down for quite a while and, and discussed sort of the walkthrough of a house. And uh, it was great because I, I got to research with a person that actually does it and was about to do the actual voiceover. So we, we spent far more time uh, talking about what they should be experiencing uh, through the walkthrough of this particular house, more so than uh, actually recording it. The, the actual recording took almost no time at all because she does this for a living. So it was very natural for her. 
And uh, I, I really appreciated the the depth of information that she gave me so that we could make this something that's fairly accurate. And there was a little bit where she's like, yeah, that wouldn't happen that fast. You wouldn't get from one room to another this fast. A tour would actually take much longer. And um, of course, everything has to be condensed down into the song so that it, uh, you know, it flows and, and everything really well. So that's really the only part that's not quite realistic is the time frame of the walkthrough. Uh, we obviously have to zip through it very quickly for the point of the song. Uh, and here is a little bit of that. So here we are. I think you'll really love this place. It's built in 1955. It's solid brick construction. The home has been completely remodeled. It's got new wiring, fresh paint. It's a three-bedroom, two-bath, and a den. The bedrooms are large, and it's got... So that's, uh, that's Amy giving us the walkthrough of the house, the prospective house that uh, this gentleman is going to buy. And, you know, it's... it's Interesting, I didn't really name the characters now that I think about it. Uh, one of them has a name, but for the most part, uh, they're just characters. They're people that exist in this universe, and you just kind of go with it. Uh, there, there really wasn't a need to name them. I think all the players are uh, very obvious by, uh, by voice and, and by their actions. And uh, yes, yeah, so I think I didn't, I don't really think I intentionally did that, but looking back, I don't, I don't really think it was necessary. If I had felt it was missing that, I'd like to think that I would have gone back and added that. Uh, but I didn't, so I think we're okay. Uh, this next song uh, called Strangely Familiar is where, you know, he's kind of coming into his moment of looking through this house and, and feeling a familiarity that doesn't make any sense to him because in this incarnation of life, he's never seen this house before. So it doesn't make any sense why it would feel like he's been there before if he knows for a fact that he hasn't. Uh, and, and of course, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't have any clue what this house means to him yet. Uh, but hopefully he'll, he'll figure it out. So that's the first uh, song that Michael sang on, and uh, really, really love his voice on this, especially uh, you know blended with the uh, the guitars and the drums and all that. So he sang on all the songs, and then I did all the music, uh, wrote and and performed all the music on it, and uh, yeah, it was a good time, definitely a good time. So uh, so this guy is uh, you know he he obviously is going to buy the house, and he does, and then. Um, little things start to happen around the house and that he notices. And I think with, with most people that, uh, that have a haunting or think that they have a haunting, they, they try and ignore, uh, everything in the beginning until they can't really rationalize, uh, any of the actions or, or explain away certain things that happened. Um, and then they have to start thinking that it's, uh, something beyond the normal, which is paranormal. 
And uh, that could be a ghost. It could be energy. It could be, you know, a, a lot of different things. Um, we'll get into on another episode coming up here this October, uh, my theory on ghosts and uh, what that uh, what that's all about and experiences that I've had as well as a friend of mine uh, who will be coming to join me on the show to talk about uh, ghosty things. So that we'll get into later. But for the purposes of entertainment, uh, when it comes to this album, this is a ghost story. So uh, uh, in this world, I'm saying that ghosts exist. And uh, this is what happens when you move into a haunted house. So at this point, he still doesn't really get what's going on. He he just doesn't know what to do. And uh, he doesn't obviously really doesn't believe in the paranormal. And so he thinks that he's starting to lose his mind a little bit. And he goes to seek out a therapist. And that is where uh, my friend Sarah comes in to play the part of the therapist. She did a wonderful job. And interestingly, I, I really liked this music. And uh, I repurposed it a bit on the first Mental Sauna album. I think it was on the first one. Um, but I, uh, I changed it around a little bit. And uh, I, I just felt that it had such a great relaxing vibe to it, which was really the, you know, what, what if a therapist would play music, I would imagine that they would play something that's um, somewhat relaxing, not distracting, nothing that's going to encroach on the conversation, but something that can just set a tone. And uh, sometimes having silence isn't always the best thing. So uh, I would kind of imagine that this is something uh, in the style of what a therapist might play. And so this is in the song uh, Seeking Help. So I, the next song is called Nightmares and Flashes. And if I'm not mistaken, this was the first song I actually wrote out and was the one that uh, kind of inspired the album. And then I, I changed the lyrics around a little bit to fit the story more. But originally I was just writing this as a song. And uh, this is kind of where the idea for the album came from. So to hear it uh, now with the, the final lyrics and everything is really interesting because, as I recall, it was slightly different uh, and I had to modify it to, to fit the eventual story. But when I wrote this song, I was literally just writing a song and uh, it has a, a good groove to it and uh, really kind of starts to, to show the character unraveling a little bit. And uh, it's kind of interesting to see uh, the breakdown of someone as they're put in a situation in their world that is kind of beyond their world. And somebody who thinks rationally or tends to think rationally uh, really has a hard time with things that can't be explained. So this is a little bit of Nightmares and Flashes.
I'm in a warm, safe place I see the look of love on her face My blood is getting hot in a master bedroom She takes my hand in hers She whispers but I can't hear the words Though I know that something's gonna happen soon So here's where things start to uh, unfold in the story a little bit and where I'm going to stop playing cuts of the album because I don't want to, uh, like I said, give away any clues or, uh, you know, give too much of the story away. I think it's much more enjoyable, uh, especially the first time you hear it, if uh, if you kind of just watch or, or hear the story unfold as it does. Uh, so that's going to be the the end of the clips. There are a total of 15 songs on this album that tell the story. Uh, in my directory, of course, I have the 16th because I have the uh, the alternate epilogue uh, of the story, which is really more of a, a sort of a, a live theater ending versus the uh, the studio ending that I gave it. But uh, it was a great project to work on. Um, it's it's a fun project, I think, to listen to, especially if you like rock and roll, but you also like concept albums and you like stories. Um, the the narrative of it is a lot of fun. It's really told through the vocals uh, that that Michael is singing, and uh, then you have your characters that come in the the cast that uh, it enhances it and brings the story to life and fills in the gaps for the narrator. So uh, overall, though, it was a great project to work on. I had a lot of fun. I do like writing rock music, even though it's it's somewhat difficult sometimes to find things that haven't been done or find new ways to do things. Uh, I find when there's so many other uh, blank canvases I could paint on. Like I, I really love writing relaxation music, but I also love writing new age music, which is a completely different thing. Um, I love writing instrumental music. I love writing music with vocals. Uh, I, I love doing it all, but there's always been a, a special place in my heart for rock and roll. And uh, I, I love doing a concept album in the style of rock and roll because it's uh, it's just a little bit different, whereas normally you would hear something classical. But I think that comes from uh, growing up with Jesus Christ Superstar being the main musical that I was familiar with and, and listened to at at no end. Um, I still do. In fact, uh, I, I just listened to a couple of songs of it the other day uh, when I was listening for how something was mixed. There was something that was bothering me in uh, in one of the songs, and I thought that I remembered a sound being in there that wasn't in there. And I was trying to remember how it blended. But I, either I was thinking of the wrong song, uh, because in musicals a lot of times there's uh, there's... The, the same or similar music is played at different parts because it's thematic. Uh, but anyway, so I, I, I've recently listened to some of it again and uh, just absolutely fantastic. But that was pretty much my uh, main staple for musicals. So when I think musicals, I, I tend to think rock and roll. Uh, but then since this was a ghost story, so you've got the rock and roll side and then you've got the ethereal side and then you've got the music that supports the therapist and all that. So there's really uh, three main themes and, and, and then they just branch out from there. But it was a great project to work on. Uh, it was a, it was a huge sense of accomplishment when this one was finished, and uh, it, it, like I said, it was the first time I was really working with a lot of other people. So it was a lot of coordinating and scheduling and rescheduling when things came up because you know most of the people that I'm working with are are actors and they have uh, projects that come up and things that they need to do, and sometimes they have to reschedule. Uh, completely understandable. I, I tried to be as patient as I could, and I hope that. When, when everyone who was involved looks back on it, they, they do see that. Uh, because there's, there's that element of, I want to hurry up and get this out. I wanted it out before Halloween that year. 
and there's the um, I, I want to do whatever I can to make sure it's the best that it can be. And if that means waiting for the release, of course, I'd rather do that. But the one that usually drives me harder is I've kind of set a release date for this and I want to make sure that we meet that deadline. So, uh, but, but overall, I think it worked out. Everybody was very lighthearted when they came over to do their sessions and uh, seemed to enjoy it, or at least gave me the belief they enjoyed it, but then they're actors. So who knows? But it's, I'm going to go with they, they enjoyed the sessions. We laughed a lot. You know, we, we talked before we recorded and just kind of, you know, relaxed everybody as they came over and uh, it was a good time. And then Michael recorded all his stuff remote. So he uh, recorded in his studio and sent me the, uh, the vocals back and I would listen to him and go, can, you know, can you do this a little differently? But I think if, if I asked for much of anything, it was probably only one or two minor little things. I think there was one thing where uh, the, the, rhythm of the lyrics or something I thought was a little bit off or could, could have been done differently because I, I sent him sketches of how I had envisioned all the songs with me just kind of talking through them. And uh, I'm sure they were hideous to listen to, but uh, <laughs> what, what can you do? You know, you go with the, the skills that you can provide and just like the uh, hideous sketches that I give to Kelly when I'm thinking about album cover concepts, um, she, she manages to take that and turn it into gold. And I think Michael did the same thing with my, uh, scratch guide tracks. So, uh, very grateful to everyone who was involved and, uh, it was a wonderful project. I look back at it with nothing but fond memories and, uh, I hope you guys will check out the album. It's in, in its entirety and, uh, let me know what you think. Drop me a line, scott at scotthaskin.com. And of course, please remember to share the podcast, uh, put your like on it, follow it on whatever media you listen to it on, whether it be Podbean, Google Play, Spotify, iTunes, uh, whichever. Uh, I'm sure there's places that it plays that I'm not even aware of. I do uh, post just about every episode, makes it over to YouTube, as long as there aren't any copyright infringement kind of things, which I I tend to avoid. uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's great to get feedback. It's great to have questions answered and whatever. Uh, but especially if you go to listen to the album, uh, I would love to know what you think of it. And it is available on all those mediums and probably tons more that I don't even know about. But those are those are the main ones I think that people go to anyway. So uh, that should be okay. But thank you guys very much for joining me for another episode. We've got some more great Halloween stuff coming up. Like I said, we've got an episode of Ghost Stories. We've got an episode of the Sedona UFO Tour. Uh, hopefully, Michael and I will be able to get together and talk about the, the, uh, the events of, of, well, for me, it would be last night. And because I, I drove into town yesterday afternoon, got there about a half an hour before we needed to uh, leave to go on the tour, uh, because the the timing of the the sunset, I think, is, is he said was very important. And um, then I uh, had another meeting this morning and uh, had to head back to Vegas. So it was literally a 24 hour trip uh, from the time I picked up the rental car to the time I got back. And uh, I'm tired but I wanted to get this recording done because uh, I've got a very busy week ahead and I wanted to make sure that I had an episode come out this week. Uh, I don't think I've missed too many. I think other than the hiatus I took to record the, or to mix the last uh, Haunted Holidays album, I think was really the only time I've taken off. And I've been doing this podcast for a year now. And that is hard to believe, but it's a, a year this week. And um I, I'm very, uh, very grateful to all the people that have tuned in and listened and left feedback and ratings and followed and 
shared with others, uh, even if it was just that, you know, one episode that had a guest that they were interested in. Oh, that reminds me, speaking of guests that uh, you might be interested in, my guest, uh, my most recent guest last week, Victoria Sandoval, uh, made it to the the next round of the uh, Maxim cover contest. So she finished, I think, second in her group, and it was the top five of her group that made it to the next round. So uh, the voting will start up again soon. If it hasn't already, by the time this airs, I can't remember the date that she said, I think the 14th. So it would have been Monday and uh, get out there and vote. If you would like to see her on the cover of Maxim, I can tell you, you know, I don't know anyone uh, as far as I know, no one I know has gotten this far, but I can tell you that she's very sweet. uh, As you heard on the podcast, I wish we didn't have the, uh, the connection problems that we did, but uh, we, we pushed through it. And uh, she had a lot of very interesting and exciting things to say. And I really admire people that just, they just go for it. You know, she knows what she enjoys doing and she, she gives it her everything and doing that while raising kids. I can't even imagine how tough that is because it's tough enough to just be in this business and, and, you know, uh, work on projects while you're looking for the work on your next project or two or three projects ahead. And it's a, it's a grind, this business, but uh, I'm grateful to be a part of it. And I'm very excited for Victoria. I wish her the best as she continues. And um, I think that's it for people news and the show. So I will end the show by saying thank you for joining me. We will have another wonderful episode coming next week. Uh, I, I do have a couple of other episodes I want to do this month that I may have more than the weeks allow. So I may double up. Um, we'll just see how it goes, but I've got a couple of recordings coming up, uh, this week that I'm very excited to do. And, uh, and then of course the, uh, the Halloween episode. So it's going to be a good time. And I thank you for joining me. I hope that you will check out kindred spirits in the meantime. Uh, there are a couple of podcasts that I want to tell you guys about. If you are a fan of classic text adventure games, like I am, I grew up playing, uh, Scott Adams games like Adventureland and pirates, uh, um, was the uh, pirate adventure. I think it was what the title was and strange odyssey and mystery fun house and all those two word text adventure games, like take lamp, go North, uh, scare dragon. And, and, you know, that, that was the parser. And then Infocom came out with games like Zork and moon mist and, and the Spellbreaker series or the enchanter series, I think it was called and hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy and all these different games. And they, their parsers were entire sentences. So, uh, really, the crux of it was the two words, but you could uh, you could be a little more descriptive and, and specific with your actions. And so I spent I don't know how many hours playing these games, but I found that there is a podcast of people that uh, will play a game and then review it. And I was really, really excited by that. So uh, in, in spare time, I've started listening to that. And I'm just pulling it up. I could tell you who that is. Um, it's brand new to me. But they've been doing it for a little while. It's called Eaten by a Gru, G-R-U-E. Uh, I listen to them on my Podbean app. Of course, I use the Podbean app because Podbean is the host for this podcast as well. Um, but I've listened to a few of the episodes. I, I, it's weird. I want to listen to them all, but I haven't played all these games. So I kind of don't want to have any spoilers that I'm going to remember later. So hopefully one day I will find time to relax and play some games here and there. 
and, uh, and, and I don't want to spoil it for myself. Um, another podcast I talked about uh, in the D. Wallace episode is the Alison Arngrim podcast. Uh, that's another great one. She interviews some really wonderful people. Uh, Eileen Graff, she interviewed Eileen Graff, who was the mom on Mr. Belvedere, if you remember. And I thought that was a wonderful episode. I've always liked her. She's a very talented actress and singer. Um, she does a little bit of a reunion with the cast of Little House on the Prairie, where she played Nellie Olson. Um, but I can tell you she is a much nicer person than that. Um, also, my friends over at the Deep Purple podcast, Deep Purple being my favorite and probably most, well, are easily my most influential band. Uh, uh, others have had influence, uh, you know, Beethoven and other people in the Deep Purple family like Rainbow and White Snake and all that. But uh, collectively, I don't think anybody's had a bigger influence over me than, than Deep Purple has. In fact, I would, I would venture to say uh, Roger Glover would probably be the top of the list because he's been involved in so many things that I've learned from. Uh, and, and his interviews are always very fascinating. And uh, so, yeah, they, they have a podcast where they go do a podcast episode of each album from Deep Purple. And uh, right now they've hit up to the Come Taste the Band album. So that's when the band broke up before their uh, 1984 reformation for perfect strangers. And so they're taking this time as an opportunity to say, well, what happened to these guys after they left the band or at the time that the band broke up, what did everybody go and do? And they're doing an album from each different uh, artist. And uh, they've, they've done a couple that I didn't know that I was going to enjoy as much as I did, especially the Nick Simper episode. It was really fascinating to hear uh, the, the work that he had done after purple uh, so check that out if you're a fan of Deep Purple or just music history in general, because they really do a, a deep dive. They they dig up a lot of information. And uh, I'm impressed because I, I I consider myself a pretty strong fan. I've been listening to these guys for 30 plus years now, and they're, ta- they're telling me so many things that I didn't know. So I'm really enjoying their show, too. Uh, hats off to you guys. And then there, there's some affiliates of theirs, like the Sabbath Bloody Sabbath podcast. I think that's what it's called, um, where they, they talk about uh, one of the ex-Deep Purple members, uh, Ian Gillen, who's now back in Deep Purple. But he did an album with Black Sabbath. Uh, so I listened to the podcast on that. It was very, very well done. Uh, I'm not a huge Black Sabbath fan, so I haven't really delved into the rest of that show. But uh, the one that I, I did listen to, I thought was very in-depth and very impressive. So if you're a Black Sabbath fan, uh, fan, I think it's, uh, like I said, I think it's Sabbath Bloody Sabbath is the podcast or something similar to that. Um, but anyway, I'm going to quit babbling on and let you get on with your day. In the meantime, thank you again for joining me for another episode. I will be back soon with yet another episode and then more episodes to follow and then more episodes after that. Take care, guys. Cheers. Cheers. 